911, what's the nature of your emergency? Welcome back to the Tactical Living Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Walton. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about mind hacking. So just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's content. I have a little bit of that zinger energy. I like to call it zinger energy because I just got off of an interview that I had recorded. By the time you're listening to this episode, you probably will have already heard that interview. And typically when I'm talking to somebody, I feed off of their energy, or at least I I try my very best to. And something came to me as soon as I finished the interview, and it's because I've been listening to a new audiobook called Mind Hacking, and it's by Sir John Hargrave. I've made mention of him before. And in this book, one of the tips that he suggests using in order to mind hack is to actually notice our thoughts. And what I mean by that is as soon as I got done with this interview, and this is something I've been practicing now, as I've been listening to this book for the past few days, I got off of the interview and I I just started to notice my thoughts. So I'll try to my best to describe this. But in a a nutshell, during that interview, and if you've already heard it, um, my guest, Darren, Darren Parent, he made reference to my husband as my friend. And I didn't I didn't want to be rude and to correct him. And then somebody inside of the comments, because we did it live inside of our Facebook group, they actually um, they, they poked fun a little bit in good humor, of course. And they were just talking about how they didn't know that Clint was my friend, but Clint is actually my best friend. So in in essence, I guess that Darren didn't have it wrong at all. And as soon as I got done from the interview, I was thinking about what I was thinking about. And for me, I tried to keep a really cool face, but I was like wanting to bust up, but we were talking about something relatively serious and important. So I maintained my composure. And so the thought that I was thinking about was just how funny it was and how like I could have just busted up and and started laughing and that would have um, been disingenuous to the integrity of that point in the interview. So I was happy that I was able to keep my cool, but I'm explaining this to you because what's happened is as, as I've gone about the past few days of actually being able to recognize my thoughts instead of just thinking, it allows me to see myself in a completely different light. And it's almost as though it's almost as though I am this third party kind of peering into my own mind and I'm an observer of my thoughts. And when I think about my thoughts, it's easier for me to be able to tap into my emotions. And another hack that that is made mention of in the book is, you know, being able to kind of shift our way of thinking a little bit. And this gentleman goes into a lot of the different mantras and things that he repeats over to himself until eventually he begins to believe it. And I haven't, you know, gone through the entire entire evolution of the book yet, which I certainly plan to because this is my cup of tea. But he, he's talking about if, if we do something that just pisses us off or someone else does something that triggers us in any sort of way, for us to instantly be able to shift our way of thinking. And for the past two weeks or so, I've been really experimenting with my body. And I've been doing, um, putting my body through these really intense stages of autophagy. And if you're not familiar with what that is, essentially it's like renewing my cells in an incredible, incredible rate. And I'm doing that through putting my body into a state of ketosis, making sure that I'm pissing on a stick a few times a day to see exactly how many ketones I have going on. And 
in doing this, fasting sometimes, sometimes you're hungry, sometimes you're not hungry. And mind you, I'm not doing a dry fast. I'm consuming a, a significant amount of water, especially with how hot it is here in Southern California. But one thing I learned is that hunger comes in waves and there's this point where you can get incredibly hungry and you can either make the decision to eat something or to not eat something. And for me, I have definitely like been victim of my own thoughts and succumbed to caving in and then deciding to eat. And I'm very mindful of my body. I pay very close attention. So I want to point out the fact that there is a difference between me paying attention to what I want to eat and then me paying attention to when I have to eat, which I make sure that I always fuel my body and, and listen to what it needs. But for the most part, when when we're going through a fast, and I would highly recommend that you look into experimentation of this for yourself, consult your medical professional, all the other disclaimer bullshit. But for me, having these triggers, these hunger triggers, and then making the decision to shift my thoughts. So first, I had this feeling like I'm hungry. Okay, my stomach's growling. Now I'm still hungry. Hmm, I wonder what Clint brought home. I can make this. Like all of these things, right? There's there's like snacks everywhere. All of these thoughts of food and all of the, the fluff that comes in and it starts to feel overly consuming to where I'm almost not giving myself any other, any other option but to just go ahead and eat something instead of continuing. And yet in the back of my mind, I just told you hunger comes in waves. So if I can literally just hold out and ride the wave a little bit longer, and there are a lot of different tools that I've learned to to incorporate to be able to kind of make that wave last a little bit shorter, then I won't eat something. But many times I give into that and I allow my train of thought to go from one thought to a bigger thought to an even bigger thought, all in that same context of me wanting food. And with this mind hack, as soon as that thought comes up of me being hungry, I've learned to instantly reframe my way of thinking to where I'm not riding that same wave anymore. And I decide to go back and I go to the flat end of the ocean. And in my mind, and again, it's a little hard to like (laughs) explicitly describe the cognitive process. So I'll do my best here. But I'm hungry would then turn into something instantly like, okay, now I'm observing the fact that I'm thinking about how I'm hungry. So this aerial view of my thoughts. And then now it's like I'm taking a piece of paper and I'm shredding it and just like throwing all the paper into the trash can. And I'm going over to the other side and I'm going to what almost the the polar opposite of that is, which is not that I'm not hungry, but the the purpose, the meaning. Why am why do I have this set intention to prolong this fast even longer than right now when I can just as easily go into the kitchen and grab something to eat. So it would be what I'm doing to cleanse my body right now. I would also think about how much better I've been doing pretty hardcore fasting for the past two weeks in a way that I've never done before. And I can tell you every morning when I wake up, every joint in my body feels incredibly light. And I'm not saying light in the sense of like, oh, I'm losing weight. I'm saying light in the sense of I know that I was holding on to inflammation in ways that I didn't even know that I was holding in on um, inside of my body. In particular, my hips and my knees. If you've been listening for any length of time, then you know that I've had reconstruction, reconstructive surgery on my knee twice, and I need to be going in for a third one. But because of that, my hips and both knees have always had some inflammation. And a lot of that has to do with overcompensating when I was on 
crutches and, and casts and going through physical therapy and limping and, you know, all of that stuff. So I, I didn't know that about myself until these past two weeks. I knew that, oh, sometimes my knee hurts, sometimes my hips are achy, but I never knew that I was carrying this extra inflammation in these areas of my body until this past week. So for me, that's been this huge awakening. And when I'm having this thought of hunger, I'll go ahead and I'll make sure that I put that in my head. I remember that feeling from the morning when I first woke up and I hopped out of bed and I was able to kind of charge charge as soon as I let my feet plant the ground, plant on the ground. And that's such a big important moment for me because I feel like we should all feel like we're hitting the ground running. And we hear that term all of the time, but how many of us can actually hit the ground running? And I've always been somebody to wake up early in the morning and like be ready for action, but this is a completely different level. And so I'm sharing all of that with you just to explain that thought process of being able to actually observe your thoughts and not just have a thinking process, but to then know that you can actually create this paradigm where we're actually observing our thoughts instead of just thinking them and we're acknowledging them. And then we're holding ourselves with this incredible superpower of then being able to shift our cognitive train of thought, our, our wave of thoughts, and we can let it go into the direction that we choose to. You can literally change your entire life by incorporating this one process. So again, you're thinking a thought, you identify that you're thinking a thought, and then once you've done that, you decide which direction you want that thought to go in. And our imaginations, our minds are this incredible, incredible thing. And for us to be able to literally think up anything that we could possibly imagine and turn it into reality and we see it done every day, anything that we once thought impossible is now becoming possible. I think that we're able to take back more of our personal control and our personal power by being able to do this. And there's nothing I love more than being able to mind hack Dave Asprey with his biohacking, like just to improve our abilities as human beings that are on this planet so that we can then show up and add value and enjoy and and just live our lives in ways that we're supposed to. We are creatures of this universe. This is why the universe is here. And I think now more than ever, we need to be able to hold that power and that space for ourselves because the world, I mean, let's just be honest, like the world is a crazy place right now. It's probably more insane than it's ever been. My mom passed away five years ago. I cannot imagine if for some reason, like I staffed my fingers and my mom was back in the world today. I don't think she would believe it. She just simply would not believe it. And I'm sure if you've lost a loved one, then you can definitely relate and almost, um, I don't know. I'm almost happy and glad that my mom wouldn't have to be here to experience this. That's how that's how shameful this all seems at times. But that's for a different episode. As you go about your day to day, know that I'm sending you a big, giant, tight hug from my home to yours. And I hope that you go out there and mind hack for yourself today.